0: Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual take purge. At the siren, all takes, including things you don't actually believe, will be legal for 60 continuous minutes. No players, coaches, or media members of any kind will be granted immunity. All rational thought, logic, and professional credibility will be suspended. The Ringer Podcast Network thanks you for your participation. May our take God, Chris Sims, be with you all.
2: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by two guys ready to purge their sinful takes
3: from their souls. Danny Kelly and Craig Coralbeck. <laughs> Craig, are you concerned for your safety? A little bit. These are really coming from a dark place in my body, so we'll see what you guys think.
2: <laughs> the, we are, I believe, less than 90 seconds from the purge beginning. DK, mm. uh, do you like? are you just trying to survive out here, or yeah. are you trying to like purge?
4: Uh, I'm a little bit scared. Saying these things out loud is, is... I feel vulnerable. I feel like I'm going to get attacked for, yeah. for these things. And you know what? I probably deserve to be attacked in some of these cases. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous about getting the, firing off these takes. But this is what the take purge is all about.
3: We have done it once before with the NFL draft. That was our... We dipped our toe in the water. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean... This is the real deal. This is the the regular season (laughs) fantasy. I mean, it doesn't get much more real than this. If
2: you're a little confused and or have not seen The Purge, it's very simple. We do a lot of research for the draft. We have a lot of thoughts. Some of these are unwanted thoughts, unwanted ideations.
4: (laughs) They creep in. They just creep into the back of your mind.
2: You just got to get it out. We just need to purge these thoughts. We don't even know if we believe, but we just need to get them out into the light of day. (laughs) But first, we actually do have huge news. A lot of you have said you want to play in a league with us of some kind. Yeah. This is your chance. We are bringing back the bad quarterback league. They used to do it at Grantland, it's the bad quarterback league. We're doing it as daily fantasy on FanDuel. So you get points for bad quarterbacking. So you get points for interceptions and fumbles and you lose points for touchdowns and good plays. It's a lot of fun. So Andy (laughs) Dalton will be more expensive on FanDuel than Patrick Mahomes. You'll be able to play with us every week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will have a lot more details for you very soon, but watch out for that. Whoa. Is that, is that the siren? Is that?
4: Yeah. Here we go. It begins. I'm so scared. I'm so scared right now.
3: 60 minutes. (laughs) You can say whatever you want. Hell yes. Hell
4: yes. Okay, let's start this off. Here's here's something I believe. Well, I kind of <laughs> it's believe it, It's creeping it into the, the back of my mind just ever so slightly. Damian Harris is mm. the third best running back on his own team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... People are very, very excited about Damian Harris this year. And I actually get why. The Patriots are going to be, I think, a run heavy team. They have a very good offensive line. Mac Jones is going to be the starter. So that means, you know, there's going to be more dump offs. There's going to be a, like far more opportunities at the goal line, things like that. He, like, I think Damian Harris is one of the most sexy sleepers, I think, right now. Um, I'm not even convinced that he's going to be the starter for the whole season. I think that <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson might. Just be a better option, might just be a better running back than him. I understand that he's a rookie, I get that. And Bill Belichick, blah blah blah, doesn't start rookies. Look who's starting for the Patriots this year, guys. He released Cam Newton, the Wiley veteran, and just decided to go with the better player. So,
3: this is classic DK. Classic, this is so classic. This is DK is the cold shower. DK's favorite thing to say that the starting running back isn't the best running back on the team. I think did you do that with the the Steelers <laughs> last year? Like James Conner is like the yes, third best I was running trying back. Trying to Steelers? remember
4: where I'd said this before. I definitely did say this before. you were
3: like Anthony McFarland is just straight better than James Conner. I mean, and it's it's, it's, an, it's like an <laughs> unprovable statement. Like <laughs> Am I, I wrong? can't actually right. prove to you that like Dramondra
4: Stevenson is not better. <laughs> Look, that one didn't work out. This is why we're using yeah. this on the take purge. This isn't necessarily real advice. This is what I would say. Keep this in the back of your mind if you're drafting Damian Harris that like halfway through the year, Ramondre Stevenson could be the starter. It's not totally wacky and wild. I actually was reading an article from Dan Graziano. Is it so sane? (laughs) It actually is. It's a great, great line. Uh, I was reading an article by uh, ESPN reporter Dan Graziano, by the way, the other day. And he had... So his article was, and I will say this, predicting potential surprises. So it wasn't necessarily like pure reporting, but he said... They like Harris a lot, but not so much in the passing game. Don't be surprised if we're sitting here a year from now and talking about Stevenson, who rushed for 216 yards in the preseason, as the lead back in this offense. I don't think he's just making that up. I think there's something to this, potentially. Um, Also, using uh, some actual real numbers here. Last year, and I saw this from Matthew Berry in his uh, 100 Stats article that he does every year. So over the past five years, the, the Patriots have had the NFL's second-highest red zone rushing rate. So they like to run inside the red zone. New England last year had 32 rushes inside the five-yard line. Cam Newton got 22 of them. The next closest player, Rex Burkhead with four. Third closest was Damian Harris with three. Everyone's so excited about Damian Harris right now. and And again, I get it. I get it. What if they just split up the goal line carries? What if it's Ramondre Stevenson is the but goal line But why would back? that he- happen?
2: He's a rookie. Belichick always redshirts the rookie running backs.
4: Okay. This is the logical thing to say. <laughs> what if What if you're just flat out fucking but, wrong on that, though, Heifetz?
3: But, Mr. Heifetz, we are in the middle of a take purge right <laughs> now. What if it
4: just doesn't happen like you envision? I, so, basically, my bottom line point is that Ramondre Stevenson looked actually fucking incredible in the preseason. I get all the fucking caveats about preseason.
3: DK loves the preseason. However,
4: however, DK
2: likes the preseason better than the regular season. We, we're all
4: overreacting to Mac Jones looking like the greatest <laughs> preseason quarterback of all time, and I can't overreact to a running back looking good, too?
3: DK wakes up Sunday morning, week one, and is disappointed. He lets out a sigh of disappointment that preseason DK was.
2: should have just made that his take, Purge. Like, I like the preseason better than the regular season. Actually, I like that there's 90 players getting getting run at a game. I have written an
4: article about how great the preseason is in the past probably don't need to look it up or anything like that. But um, <laughs> I think, honestly, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, the thing, the Damian Harris thing, to me, is sort of just like, you know how this happens all the time. Like, people get really excited about, like, a brunch spot that everybody loves, and it's like the trendy new brunch spot. And okay. every time you go to this brunch spot, there's like a 45 minute line, and you have to fucking yeah. wait around. And I hate that shit i hate it so much i'm like i'm not waiting in line for this place i don't care how good you know their eggs benedict is i'm not doing it i refuse to go to this place i refuse to jump on this train this is how it is with i think David harris just because he's so like trendy right now everybody's so excited about it i'm just
3: like i can't do it he's overrated brioche french toast is that what you're (laughs) saying i get what dk's
2: saying and i love that analogy i'll go a step further it's it's like the same way everyone wants you to watch a show Yes. And then enough people mm-hmm. tell you to do it, but you're late. So and you I'm just like, I'm refuse. not doing so it. So yes. I'm like, stop fucking telling me to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. I'm never yeah. watching Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah. solely because so many of you told me to do it. I will never watch Thirty Rock. Just stop <laughs> asking me. That was a, that was a, just might as well at Maze on that. I know that probably. was that was not a dig Maze, at Maze is I listening. Promise. Like
3: that was about you.
2: <laughs> he has actually not tried to get me
4: to watch Thirty Rock. I just will say.
3: I feel the exact same way about Ted Lasso. Listen, yes. I get it. Yes. Everybody loves Ted Lasso. I even watched the first season of Ted Lasso, but I hate that everybody likes Ted Lasso so much that I now hate the show. So this is David <laughs> Harris. <the same> embarrassed- <laughs> it's just like screw it. Actually, because you
4: know it's funny, because my thought—I've been thinking this over the last like couple of weeks, Craig. The people who complain about Ted Lasso are such fucking curmudgeons like just it's the it's the nicest show in the world it's all about positivity and getting better but also like i 100 know what you're saying like
3: just like (laughs) there's a certain type of show out there that breeds these like insane fans and i just can't do it
4: anyway that's how i feel about damian harris uh i had to get this out on the take purge because i actually do think damian harris is like the logical and rational pick here but I don't know. Just in the back of my mind, that nagging thought, Rondre Stevenson. Also, J.J. Taylor. Screw empirical
2: evidence. J.J. Taylor,
4: James White.
2: You're not going to draft Stevenson a redraft, though. It's going to be like, if he no. gets two goal line touchdowns in week one, it's going <laughs> like to pick him up because that's real. But mostly, it's out of spite for Damian Harris. My, my
4: actual fantasy analysis here is I'm worried about Stevenson and I'm worried about James White and I'm worried about J.J. Taylor and I'm worried about how all three of those players are very good players and it's not going to be the Damian Harris show that everyone thinks it's going to be. It's going to be a committee.
3: That's DK's least favorite show, the Damian Harris show. (laughs) I have a Damian Harris adjacent take that
2: maybe I should go next. This is kind of like eight takes in one. So I don't, this is like the majority (laughs) of my analysis, but like I think the running backs going in the sixth and like seventh rounds will just straight up be better than the running backs going in the fourth and fifth rounds.
3: You did this one last year too. This is like a classic. High finish. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs>
2: we started out with a I classic. Last year, I said half the t- top ten tight ends would not finish, and that one ended up bright. But this one, and I'm not talking about usually talking about value. I'm not talking about like the six and seventh round running backs will provide like a better draft. Eva- I'm saying the sixth and seventh round running backs will actually just outperform the guys in the fourth and fifth. So the guys in the sixth and seventh that's like Damian Harris, Mike Davis, Javante Williams, Raheem Mostert, Gus Edwards, depending how you count. Will just be better than the running backs going ahead of them, like by 20 or 30 picks, who are like Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders. You will look back a year from now, mm. you'll be like, here were the six guys going, and then here are six guys that were going 20 or 30 spots later, and then those guys were just better. And you look at next year's draft, and all those guys are just ranked ahead of them right now. I we can go into as many as you want or don't want individually, but I just have strong thoughts on like a lot of these guys. But you just look at like Javante, I, we, if you have any questions out of those guys individually, but generally speaking, I, that doesn't mean like go and draft these guys in the fourth. It's like if you wait till the sixth round, there are good RB2s there that might just straight up outperform the guys you're taking ahead of them.
3: Yeah, I feel like those guys are just a little bit more unproven. And the guys above them are the ones who've had, like, two shaky seasons, shown some flashes, and you think, you know, maybe this is the year. It's like the this-is-the-year players. They're literally holding on by a thread, hoping it doesn't snap. But then you got guys like Javante Williams, who just, like, straight up might have a better season than Miles Sanders. Uh, so yes. I do understand what you're saying. Every year, we talked about how there's always a tier that you just— there's a tier below another tier that you just like more for some reason.
4: I've got a guy in this— t- in this uh in this area that is part of my, one of my takes. Oh, do we excited. want to just skip to it or do you want to wait and go in order?
2: We can go to, we can go to that guy. Cause I, I just, just get
4: my, is my it takes
3: out. Is it Javante? No. no. Okay. I want to hit DK, Do all your takes.
4: <laughs> Cla- I hope this Perch. isn't another, this is probably another classic DK, TK. DK, take purge or whatever but
3: is it cold <laughs> water on someone we all like no we should get we should do another segment where we guess each other's takes that, that would, would actually be, be
4: really good i think you guys probably would get this one
3: i'm like trying to think of what this is gonna yeah, be Yeah,
4: give me a give me a guess
3: knowing dk it's like daimi brown will be the <laughs> second best receiver on Washington no it's gonna be or about no. Rondell Moore, jalen waddle
4: no it's not rookies oh uh, well then i have oh. no idea
3: is it going to be that AJ Green is going to be like a top twenty wide oh, receiver? That's
4: a good idea. No, that's not it. But that, I w- I do like that one. I like where your head's at. Okay, here we go. I know that this is this is like absolutely irrational, but I actually kind of believe it. Ronald Jones, RB one.
3: Oh, oh my God. I love this shit. We talked about this a couple episodes ago.
4: <laughs> so number one, I'm just out on Fournette. Like I just I know that we had a very solid relationship with him last year and loved him and hyped him up like. Playoff Lenny, loved all that stuff. Ronald Jones is just better at this point as a runner. They both kind of are, are not that helpful as pass catchers. Like, get that. Um, but here's how, here's my thinking. I think, number one, the Buccaneers are going to be very good on offense. I think they're going to have a lot of leads this year. And I think Ronald Jones is going to be the main guy, salting away games, running in the second half, just giving them a chance to, like, you know get the game over with, essentially, without like, just get out of there with a win type deal. And I think that the Buccaneers are going to have a lot of early game leads. Last year, part of this, part of this is the situation, which I think he has a good situation. Part of it is, I actually think he's a very good player. Last year, and I was actually surprised when I looked this up, he was fifth among all running backs in rushing yards over expectation. This is a next-gen stat behind only Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, and J.K. Dobbins. Fifth. He was fourth in rushing yards over uh, expectation per attempt. So it was like total yards and per rush. So like very good in both like macro and micro level. Per PFR, per pro football reference, that's hard to say, pro football reference, he was first in yards after contact per attempt. He was also 10th last year in rushing yards per game, 8th in rushing yards per carry. Why do we think he sucks? I like this. To me, it still is like just mystifying. I think it's because he drops so many passes or something. But he's good. He's question. a good runner.
2: So first of all, I agree with everything you just said. I love Ronald Jones. I don't understand yep. the there's uh, several sites where Fournette's going ahead of him, and I'm like, if you watch the playoffs, injured Ronald Jones was better than healthy Leonard Fournette last year, and Fournette had a big playoffs because Ronald Jones eventually was too hurt to really play significantly, but he was better. I agree with everything you just said. Having said that. I have been rethinking all but, of this today <laughs> because Gio Bernard mm-hmm. has a high yeah, ankle sprain, yep. and it's that is different than an ankle sprain. I sprained my ankle the other day going up a curb, and I misjudged it, and I sprained my ankle. Oh, no. A high ankle sprain is not like that. A high ankle sprain, we talk about Achilles' and stuff. Quietly, the high ankle sprain is like the most benign-sounding thing that affects your career. Michael Thomas turf got toe. one. And has, it's like turf toe. Yeah, Michael Thomas got one, and look at now he's had surgery, and they botched that. And now he's going to miss half the season. I mean, Odell's had a high ankle sprain, wasn't the same. Saquon had an ankle sprain. It ruined his whole season the, uh, a couple years ago. I mean, Gio Bernard is the pass catching guy. So if he has something that will linger all year, who's the better pass catcher, DK? Is it Ronald Jones or is it Leonard Fournette?
4: It's probably Fournette. And I think that's going to be his role. So again, this is. He's he's going to be reliant on early downs, touchdowns. I get that. Like, I think there's a there's a world in which his touchdown performance and yards performance pushes him up into like the low end RB one category and half PPR. He's not going to be a big pass catcher. That's just not going to happen. I'm not even that would be crazy for take purge. Um, (laughs) But I think that situationally, talent wise, he's going to have he's going to have an opportunity to carry the ball a lot. Last year, I saw this per uh, football sharp. uh, Sorry, sharp football. Uh, Football sharp. Football sharp. Should we change
2: Warren's uh, <laughs> website? <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's make our own battle. Should we end? just take it over? Football From Warren Sharp's
4: <laughs> website, which has basically every stat you could ever want. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. One, two, there's three. There's also
2: a lot of stats I don't even know if I want. There's, there's so many stats.
4: Only five teams had more rush attempts with an eight-point lead than the Buccaneers last year. I think they could be first this year, honestly. So I agree. Buccane- In other words, I think Buccaneers- the Bucks
2: start like eight now.
4: The Buccaneers had 134 rushes last year with an eight-point lead. I bet they outpaced that this year i bet ronald jones gets like 150 rushes with them just ahead you know and bottom line he could have like 200 plus so i don't know i'm just looking at the situation i still think he's talented i'm holding on to that fucking love i don't know why i mean i do know why it's the stats back it up i just think he looks good as a runner um but he also but i think the things that hold him back are like he fumbles and he doesn't catch the ball so people think he sucks but he doesn't suck.
2: I agree with this take, though, that Jones has a lot of carries. I mean, their <laughs> buy is in week nine for Tampa Bay. I would be pretty surprised if they had more than one loss going into that buy. I think they started at least seven and one.
4: Yeah. They also play fast. They also play fast. I saw this uh, again per sharp. Uh, they were. Hold on. Let me pull it up.
3: Per football. Per football. Sharp. Football or sharp. Per sharp. sharp, sharp, football. Football.
4: Per sharp. The Buccaneers were the fourth fastest offense with an eight point lead. So neutral, like neutral situation, they play fast, but also when they're leading, they play fast. So there's gonna be it's not like they're just grinding out games slow. They still wanna play fast and, and run a lot of plays.
2: So that's good. Craig, do you have a take
3: purge? Yeah. Unfortunately, this is about the big dog Derek Henry. Oh, <laughs>
2: I'm already jealous. I'm already oh, so boy. jealous. Uh, <laughs>
3: this
4: is classic
3: Craig. I'm already so mad I didn't
4: do what you're about to do. <laughs> I don't
3: think Derrick Henry is a top 10 running top back. 10? I'm so mad I didn't wow. do this one. Shit
4: why it's why? been on
3: my mind okay because listen it's the marshawn lynch theory oh, i did it every so year for jealous. marshawn lynch i'm trying to be bill belichick i'm trying to get out a year early oh. everyone next year is going to be talking about this when he's 28 this is his year 27 season his year six season after double after 300 plus uh
2: 397 touches last year
4: jesus
3: over 400 if you count the playoffs yes. listen Listen. I'm just trying, I'm precipitating this (laughs) happening. That's all I'm saying. Aaron Schatz uh, actually has an interesting theory called the curse of 370 that shows the year after running backs have 370 plus touches and it's a massive drop off. Not to mention Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, is gone. He was the guy who turned Derrick Henry into the big dog. He was just a medium dog, and he turned him into a big dog. He's gone. They brought Julio Jones in. Their O.C. is now Todd Downing, who the last time he was an O.C. was on the Raiders, and they ran the 30th most times in the league. I understand they have Derrick Henry, and things might change. But I think things are going to look a lot different in Tennessee. Their defense is, once again, terrible. They might be losing a lot. When Derrick Henry lost games, he ran for 50 yards a game. And when the Titans won games, he had 106 yards a Mm. game. It's a possibility just it's a possibility that he doesn't run for 19 touchdowns this year and is just like closer to Josh Jacobs than he is last year. I think this is dead on and what I like about it is it's the touches
2: are really concerning, but it's not like just being like, well, he's been doing it a long time. So when it's it's like there are like (laughs) overlapping things of the touches, the guy who made him successful just left and as you just said. If the defense is, wor- which again, Mike Vrabel's never really had a good defense, to be honest, as a coordinator, even when he was defensive coordinator, like he's never had an impressive defense, That they will be losing a lot. All of that adds up to me. Medium dog time. It's like my friends, have, shout out Kyle Molly. They have a Newfoundland. That's a big dog. His name's Woody. Instagram's Woody Man. Woody. You can go follow it. That's a big dog, but it's more like, what's a medium dog? Like a Like an Australian Shepherd? Those are trendy right now, right?
3: Those are trendy. Like, maybe, like, yeah, a small. Those are Aussie. pretty small, I would say. Yeah. What? Yeah. Those are like 50, 60 pounds. What's medium? Australian yeah, shepherd? Medium dog.
4: No, they're that's like medium. 30 pounds. Actually, I don't know. Maybe they're heavier. No, they're bigger than that. It's really? a
2: medium dog this year. I, think, I agree. I think that's Derek Henry.
4: We should delve deep into dog weights on this.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Dog weights. <laughs> DK, anyway. are you? I'm all in on this. I'm honest, I'm not just in. I'm like actually intensely jealous I didn't think of this. Are you I mean this is actually this, this is
4: a good take. This is a good take for the take purge. I don't necessarily believe it, but that's part of the take purge.
2: <laughs> Hop on, come aboard. Yeah. All right, so I'm just gonna follow up with something on the very same vein. Okay. I think this is the year Travis Kelsey drops off to.
3: Oh, my God.
2: And there's no actual (laughs) evidence for this. Like, I have no numbers to back it up. It's the reason is that I'm buying Travis Kelsey this year. He's just too old. Yeah, he's like 33. Look at him. He's He's old. What are you, his old balls? (laughs) He's old, yeah. I hope
4: someone knows that's a movie quote. Yeah.
2: Big Daddy. He turns 32 in October. Here's my thing. It's just because I'm getting (laughs) Travis Kelsey this year. For the last four seasons, it's been very obvious that Travis Kelsey will be the number one tight end. And for four seasons in a row, I did not get him. Now this year, I am dra- like, you know what? I want Kelsey this year. I'm the fucking idiot who's buying GameStop at three fifty, thinking it's going to keep going up. I'm the yeah. idiot buying Bitcoin at sixty five k, thinking yep. it'll just yeah. keep going up. No, they're selling it to you so that because it's going to go down, idiot. You're <laughs> the one left holding the bag. It's like tight end is a pyramid scheme, and I'm uh, like, it, that, it's, I'm such, so, I'm so stupid.
4: Is this you this is you putting so basically if you draft Travis Kelsey this year, this is you putting like the late yes. the laser eyes in your in your Twitter profile when Bitcoin is at sixty-five. Yeah, (laughs) that's just immediately going to thirty
2: or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm buying it. I'm buying Bitcoin at sixty five, and I'm like, wow, what a great job, Danny. Great job. You've heard about this for four years. (laughs) You bought it at the all time high, which is Travis Kelsey in the seventh overall pick, or maybe talk (laughs) yourself into it six. And now I'm gonna buy it, and then the second it drops, I'm like, oh wow, I wonder why that happened. Did we just
3: crazy? You're like, oh, I spent the seventh overall pick on a 32-year-old well, tight fucking end. Fucking idiot. Am I an idiot? did we just I talk doing? about
4: how we feel good about taking him at like fourth overall on the last podcast?
2: It's a take, <laughs> Kurt. It's just like, I just already know it's going right. to happen in advance. And also on that note, while we're here, TJ Hawkinson, I think also replaces him as number one tight end. Wow. Because he's in the Darren wow. Waller vein of like, there's it's like Darren Waller in a wasteland, right? That's how Darren Waller got to this number two spot ahead of Kittle. Hawkinson has yeah. that. And we are if DK's out here saying I'm wrong <laughs> out here <'cause> Jamal Williams <laughs> is not going to run more than Swift because Swift's going to catch a ton of passes in Detroit because they're going to throw a lot because they're going to be behind. Guess what? If Detroit's throwing a lot because they're behind, TJ Hawkinson's catching a shitload of passes. So I think Hawkinson, you know, maybe not one, maybe two, but like I think Hawkinson's top too. I don't know if this is actually true. But my God, if Kelsey falls off the year I take him at a first round, I will f- I I I don't even know what I'm gonna do.
3: Listen, it's the most fantasy football thing you can do to attach that like personal influence of you drafting somebody affecting you know how things will play. Travis Kelsey, if you're listening, pay me not to draft you because if I draft you, you will suck. And if I don't draft you, you will be amazing. So Venmo <laughs> me not to draft
4: you and you'll have a great season. You don't want the the Craig jinx.
3: You don't want the Craig jinx.
4: Oh, by the way, Craig, I just thought of this random very very randomly. One of mm-hmm. our emailers sent us an email or maybe it was on Twitter that's and said that in Britain, Craig is pronounced very differently than it is in the United really? States. Do Craig? You know how, how does it, how, okay, well I should have looked it up, I guess, because I thought maybe you would know <laughs> how do you pronounce yeah, Craig in he England? Know
2: that? Is it Craig? Like they pronounce it like a Y Creek. Maybe it's Creek. That sounds Krieg? a little,
3: it sounds a little Scottish. Craig. Yeah, it's probably like Craig,
2: but we have a tremendous amount of listeners from the UK and, uh, like there, are and and <laughs> <dozens of laughs> there are literally dozens of Literally
4: dozens of listeners from
2: Ireland and the UK and everything going on over there. I'm sorry if I don't know all the entire borders of the UK because things Wales? have been changing.
4: Wales? But How many countries are in this country? <laughs> Speaking of Ted Lasso.
2: Sorry, email Craig. us at com. if you know how to the British pronounce Craig. Uh, moving on. DK, do you have another take, Purge? I do. Let me pull it up here.
4: Uh, okay. This one's good. This is a positive one. Not trying to tear everybody down in this episode. Juwan Johnson of the Saints is going to be the new tight end one. Not the tight end one. A tight end one. A tight end. end Top 12 tight end. Top 12 tight end. Why does Heifetz energy
2: vampired. So I liked Adam Troutman two months ago, and then you immediately with Juwan Johnson, you energy vampired my Troutman energy. I had to abandon the hill on Adam Troutman, and now you're actually just taking the Troutman take and turning it for Juwan Johnson. Heifetz, Heifetz, I hate to say this.
4: I hate to do this to you, but Adam Troutman was the red herring. Apparently he it. sucks. Oh, uh, you,
2: you, you <laughs> fish puns. That's pretty good. Even in the purge, me. I saw that tweet. <sighs>
4: um, oh, and
2: you just saying a tweet out loud that you had. Look, everybody. Not everybody is on
4: Twitter, man. I got to get my, uh, got to get with the jokes out in all the different mediums. All right. So, <sighs> John Johnson. So n- number one, Adam Troutman, I think, is still going to be asked to block a little bit. He is coming off an injury, but it doesn't sound like it's super serious. I think he's going to be asked to block in this offense a little more than you want. Juwan Johnson, at least based on what we've seen in the preseason, is running as the, quote, move tight end. The guy that they, you know, flex out in the formation. He runs in the slot. He runs outside. Um, So he's doing, he is basically taking over this Jared Cook role in this offense. I understand the offense is kind of, like, going to be way different. But with Jameis under center, I think they could still pass for a good amount of volume. All that stuff. Jared Cook's role. So last year. Cook got 60 targets, 37 catches, 504 yards and 7 touchdowns. He was the tight end 17. That's like the low end of what I could see Johnson doing this year. In 2019, going back 2 years, Cook finished as the tight end 7 in this offense. He had 65 targets, 43 catches, 705 yards and 9 touchdowns. So they clearly were using this role, which obviously I know it's not one to one, they're not the exact same player, but like if this if this all bears out Juwan Johnson could finish with a good amount of touchdowns because they're clearly using this guy, this role in the red zone. Going back throughout the years with the Saints, you know, Sean Payton has loved using tight ends in and around the end zone. Obviously, Jimmy Graham was a big-time playmaker in the end zone. Um, I'm not saying he's Jimmy Graham, clearly. But I think the tight end in this offense, in this, like, his role that he's going to play is going to be big in the red zone. So I'm just kind of excited about, like, Juwan Johnson could be sort of like the weird Robert Tanyan season we saw last year Mm. where he catches, like, 40 balls, but like seven or eight of them are
2: touchdowns. <laughs> would you draft Jawan Johnson in like a 10 or a 12 team redraft? Would you draft Jawan Johnson? Or is it like if he's a big week one, you pick him up like immediately and be like, this is legit.
4: Yeah, he's a last round flyer. I don't think he's going to be going earlier than that. And I, and I know because I, I did a 12 team league the other day and he was free like he didn't get drafted. So I would say either draft him with your last pick or look, look to pick him up in the in the waivers like first week because I do think he's gonna be a big part of this offense and the other thing is like there's just a vacuum of production in this offense it's Marcus Calloway I guess is the number one guy in this offense Traquan Smith may or may not be a big part of it uh Juwan Johnson has looked really solid in the preseason uh Nick Underhill who runs New Orleans football, really really good beat writers said that Calloway and Johnson were two of his biggest training camp stars that he saw so I don't know there's just there's a lot of buzz around this guy I'm just kind of interested to see how it
2: works out I begrudgingly agree.
3: I like the last round flyer thing. I have a friend who every season just like drafts Josh Gordon last just in case.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Fucking hilarious.
3: I would say that we have given
2: people so many last round flyers. I think Jawan Johnson qualifies as a waiver flyer, which is like cut your kicker and like add him or something. Or even just like, or I guess we're too close to the season to even be doing that anymore. I guess it's more like if he had like once he pops off, pick him up because it's legit. That's actually what I would fly him as. But regardless, I agree with you, DK.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
3: Craig, get another take, Purge? Yeah. So I think that Chase Claypool is not only going to be the best Steelers receiver this year, I think he's going to be a top-10 receiver in the league. And I think this is when... I think Chase Claypool goes from, like, guy on the rise to, like, oh, he's, like, fucking T.O., like, I, I think, I, even though I know they're not like a comp, but I mean like that style. Yeah. of Like the way DK Metcalf kind of made that giant leap and everyone's like, oh, and now he's just like truly one of the guys. I think Claypool will just be like, oh yeah, he's he's one of the guys. I still think we kind of refuse to believe that the non-first round draft picks are good. Like we need one extra year to believe that they're good, but all the other guys, we just need one, you know? Yeah. And Claypool literally has, is the closest comp to Calvin Johnson we've had since Calvin Johnson from a measurable standpoint and had an amazing rookie season in which he played limited snaps. And we're all still kind of like, yeah, I mean, Deontay ahead of him, him and Juju, like you never know. I think Ben loves big receivers. I think Claypool's going to have double-digit touchdowns and like this will be his his entrance into the wide receiver elite this year.
4: Mm. Love this. I have no. I have no arguments against this. I think he's a baller. High
2: fits
3: I, as we
4: <laughs>
2: speak, I'm trying to compare Calvin Johnson's rookie year and Chase Claypool's, and they're more similar than I would ever <laughs> like to admit.
4: Oh, really? I gave you the the Calvin Johnson stat, right? Like the the combine numbers. There's like two guys that have done what they've done in the combine.
2: Yeah, it's Calvin and Claypool. Because I yelled at you because you were like. You compared two people in one episode to Calvin Johnson, but you were—it was Kyle Pitts and Claypool. But that, right, those right. are the only two guys in the last ten years to have the measurables of right. anywhere near Calvin Johnson. So yeah, they're like I think two hundred and thirty-five really pounds
4: Craig. plus who have run like sub four-four.
2: I think you're right though, but your point about second rounders, like Justin Jefferson gets fourteen hundred yards, and we're like, well, he's in, he's good. But if Clay, like Claypool, yeah. I mean, obviously he didn't do fourteen hundred yards, but. It's just harder for us to be like, this guy is great and will be great.
3: He started six games. He had eight hundred yards, nine touchdowns, over a hundred targets. Like he's like and he ran for two more. He had eleven touchdowns yeah, last he's year. He's
4: the kind of guy who it's like every time they target him, he makes just an unbelievable play. It feels like.
3: Yeah, like I know the competition thing is I just think he'll immediately rise like to the top and be like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. The Steelers did it again. Yeah. Okay. I
2: have like seven more that I can elaborate on to varying degrees. <laughs> i might just okay if, i i kind of want to throw a couple out well i'll just sure. throw one out right now sure i just think josh allen's gonna suck again oh, oh. <laughs> i'm sorry I, it was I, all a mirage I, i'm sorry it's like this is such he a has good one made me look so everyone looks so dumb so many times the only thing left is that once everyone agrees he's good he goes back to sucking. It's sitting right there in front of our faces. Yeah. You can't even see it. It's, we're all Charlie Brown. We're like ready to kick the football. And there you are in your ass again, right where you started. It is like maybe, maybe the single biggest increase in completion percentage for any <laughs> player in NFL history is not immediately sustainable. Perhaps. I'm not saying Josh Allen's bad. I don't want the Buffalo people listening to be like, I, I'm not saying he's going to
4: be bad again. All right. Well, I'm not well, saying the what quote. What's the actual quote you used?
2: All right. No, listen, you're not so allowed to be quoted the from the take, <laughs> <push>. <laughs> I think that's the rule. That's a rule. You okay. cannot quote the from qu- the <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to go back to like last fair, fair. in the NFL in completion percentage, which he was for the previous two seasons before Got last it. year, dead last in completion percentage. But there's going to be a lot more moments this year where you're like, eh, Does he just suck? (laughs) I'm not saying it's going to be like, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix of last year with the, wow, he's so good. And a mix of way more moments from like 2019, Josh Allen. We are like, what the fuck is he doing? Because he just had a lot of those moments and they just didn't, the interceptions that were dropped, uncatchable passes that were caught. There's just a lot of things that all went right. He's still good, but it's like, there's just a lot
3: more that's going to go wrong this year. Here's why this is a great take and why this is harder to believe than any of the other top guys is because nobody wants this to be a thing. Nobody wants him to suck. He is so likable and Buffalo is so likable and the story is so amazing. I think we are all desperately hoping that this, that his year three was legit. I agree. And that he's actually this guy and that he'll win the MVP, like including myself. Like I desperately want Josh Allen to be like the MVP this year. But I think (laughs) what Hyped is saying is what is secretly scaring all of us. Exactly. Like, no one wants
2: Josh Allen to fail. Even the people who didn't believe in him at all, like me, no longer want him to be bad. I just feel this coming. Like, <laughs> right when you least expect it, you're going to get
3: socked across the face. <laughs> Even the analytics. The analytics are like, I, I, I guess he's good now.
4: <laughs> Is there, we need to name this effect. I think that it's an actual thing. It's a phenomenon. It's unexplainable. As soon as everyone on Twitter agrees on something, it's almost guaranteed to be wrong, like 100%. I think it happens every single time. So, like, everyone has finally come around, call this the Heifetz effect. We've all come around to this idea that Josh Allen is the second coming. He's the most talented, physically gifted quarterback of all time. And yeah, it's, I guess, like, this is a good take. I don't believe it at all, but it is a good take.
3: It's a great take.
2: What well, we're talking about things everyone on Twitter agrees with, I mean, Justin Herbert. Oh, does anyone not believe Justin Herbert's kind of a second year breakout? No one's really talking about the fact that he just had like <laughs> his coach just changed, like different coaching staff than last year. No one like mentions that part.
4: Dude, going back to college, he's had like six or seven, I, don't know I, I think it's five or six different coordinators in like his college. There's like four, three or four seasons in Oregon. He had different coordinators. Now he's got two in the NFL. Man. Well, that's
2: the thing. No tough. one talks about the downside case for Herbert because he's so I mean, I don't know if he's like, I mean, Mina Kimes just had this whole story in him that was really good. But Mina's whole point of the story almost was like you don't really know anything about Justin Herbert, do you? <laughs> like, you, know, you, right. you saw a picture of him with a bad haircut. But like no one wants to be down on him. But everyone's like, well, Joe Lomb- including us, we have said this like Joe Lombardi was his coordinator now, and he was with the Saints, so this will be a good offense. Guess what? Joe Lombardi's not calling plays for the Saints. Sean Payton is. Joe yeah. Lombardi was the coordinator for the Lions. Ask a Lions fan how they like <laughs> the Joe Lombardi era. We had right. an emailer write in. I've been paying attention ever since that emailer wrote to us, and like, guess what? None of the Lions fans I know enjoyed the joe lombardi offensive coordinator error zero of them so like the like if herbert is bad in three weeks if i'm saying justin herbert's a bad player i'm saying all oh, right he was really successful they fired the coaching coordinator and like now he might not
3: be this is good uh, to be honest one of my one, one of my takes that i wasn't going to say but i had it in the reserves was that justin herbert wins the mvp and is a top three player. <laughs> <quarterback.
2: laughs> yeah but that's just the tw- that's what happens on twitter because you just like you take the
3: existing dog when you're like how do i push it further? We got to swim upstream. I think in a vacuum, you can just be like, he had a great year one. Does that mean he's going to be better year two? No, different coach. But, like, everything is better now. Like, the coaches are objectively better than Anthony Lynn, I would say. The offensive line is objectively better. Like, and a year two leap for quarterbacks is, like, objectively a thing that happens to most stud quarterbacks. Like, everything suggests he the will line be is I get better. that's why it's a I, take,
2: Purge. Hard pushback on the coach is objectively better. First of all, it's it's a de- it's an offensive coach that got fired, and it's a defensive coach that got hired who was literally coaching Division three defensive coordinator four years ago. I'm not saying that he's not qualified; like he's a good coach. But I I would push back that the staff is just I don't think there's anything objective. It's not automatic. Coaching. It's not automatic.
3: Um, I don't know, but I, I mean, I would say that if you talk to somebody like Warren Sharp, I think they would say that Anthony Lynn is a, is already objectively a worse play caller than Joe Lombardi, uh, and that Brandon Staley, you know turn the Rams into, like, I mean, did an incredible job with the Rams last yeah. year and couldn't do an incredible job with the Chargers. I don't know. Maybe it's not objective. Sharp. What does
2: Sharp <laughs> Warren think? What does
3: Sharp, if sharp Football Sh- thinks That was Football sharp? sharp Yeah. What, is, what does Football Sharp mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very in on Herbert. it. Right, okay. right, any other take His purges? hair is back. His hair is back. Any other take
4: purges? So is his powers.
3: Yeah, I got one. This one's going to devastate all of us. <laughs> I just got to say it. No <laughs> one has said it yet. Oh, no. I don't just, what if it just like kind of doesn't happen for Antonio Gibson? Right. I think this is
4: actually pretty logical. This isn't like actually that hot, but I like, let's, let's go
3: with it. It's hot in terms like all of us are so on board, but like, listen, I don't have any metric. I don't have any, like he won't finish as a top, blah, blah. My, my take purge is just like, whatever we think is going to happen, just won't. JD McKissick will play on third downs. Antonio Gibson will be fine. And he's not the second coming of Christian McCaffrey. And yeah this has all been for nothing and you spent way too much in your salary cap draft for him. And it's kind of where we are now. And he's like, you know, he's Miles Sanders. So Rich, Rich Rebar, who works
2: at Sharp Football, not Football Sharp. He actually works at Sharp Football, uh, made the, (laughs) made the point that, I mean, a lot of people are hiring Antonio Gibson, including us. And Rich Rebar made the point that it reminded him of when Joe Mixon, like a few years ago, was like a really popular Mm -hmm. fantasy pick. And that, everyone was talking about his usage in a three down back situation. And it was largely just wish casting and -hmm. it never happened. And it was kind of like
3: Gio Bernard was there and was the JD McKissick
2: here prognosticating about several puzzle pieces that should fit together and like not actually looking at whether they will be assorted that way, which I thought was an interesting point about Gibson as he goes from like a guy that, you know, is he top half of the third round, bottom half of the second to now it's like, is he top half of the second round? I have been thinking about that a lot now that I've had friends asking me if they should take him like 11th.
3: Yeah, I mean I've I've really talked to myself into him so much. You now I have my draft coming up tomorrow and he's like obviously one of my top targets and we're in an auction league and I'm like got, like am I really going to shell out? Like I'm I get now I'm hesitant. You know, like when you actually step up to the plate and you got to swing, that's when you're nervous. And you're like, "Yeah, I can say whatever I want on this podcast, but we're like <laughs> now it's like no, am I, am I gonna outbid somebody like fifty two dollars for Antonio Gibson, like the same amount as like Camara, or like three dollars less than Camara, or three dollars less than you know guys like Derrick Henry? I don't, I don't actually know yeah. anymore. Yeah. I think the hype is unanimous enough that
2: the, he's just driven up, and that's the problem. It's like yeah. everyone's so in on him that to, to point one, people aren't talking about the downside, including us. We haven't probably talked enough about the downsides, but also just it's a guy that was like kind of ranked twenty third ish. That now is just, I'm seeing in drafts going like 12th or 11th. And it's kind of yeah. like, well, that's kind of where some juice kind of leaks out. You know what I
3: mean? Like week, uh, it, there's, it's going to be so terrible if week one, he has like 15 carries, two catches. J.D. McKissick has seven catches. <laughs> and we're just like, oh. oh.
2: Wait, well, speaking of week one and J.D. McKissick, I actually have another um, take. Okay, Let's hear it. Saquon, even when fully healthy, is just three down J.D. McKissick. <laughs> what? And what I mean by this is that (laughs) what this team, I'm not saying Saquon the player, but if you look at the production, I'm just saying like, Saquon, the Giants are not going to be good at rushing the ball. Like the week one last year, like before Saquon got hurt, Saquon got hurt in week two. Week one, Saquon had like six yards on like 15 carries.
4: Oh my God. I forgot
2: about that.
3: Saquon, no one thinks about this. Like before he got hurt, (laughs) this is the week before. 15 carries for six rushing yards. Saquon is feast or famine. I feel like every first half, Saquon has eight rushes for two yards. Yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, there are plenty of halves. And like, if you... No, yes, the Steelers were a bad matchup for the Giants and the O-line was bad. Guess what? The O-line's the same and the matchups are still bad. The Giants play the Broncos in week one, Washington in Mm. week two. Those are two of the best five D-lines in the entire NFL. I actually don't think Saquon is 100 rushing yards combined in the first two weeks. And so now, why is he still going to be really good if he's healthy? It's the pass catching. It's because Daniel Jones is going to be freaking out and dumping off a lot. But that's kind of my point. Saquon's
4: just just three down J.D. McKissick. Oh, my God. That's good. Just
3: writing this down is I'm um, Saquon Barkley <laughs> is just three down. J.D. McKissick. The rushing yards won't be there. It's
2: an insane pass catching thing that if you're in PPR leagues is even better. But that this is, is that is kind of what he is. Not like physically, like the player in fantasy world. Do you feel the same? So are you just talking about week one and two or the whole season? I ca- I mean, here's the I, so I was looking at this because I was trying to think about the Giants' schedule and I was like, is there a buy low window for Saquon? Because obviously I've been down on him because I'm kind of think there's. I think he is going to play in week one, but I still do wonder if he's going to have like a touch count early in the season, because I, the reality is guys coming off the surgery he came off of, there's a long history of hamstring injuries and, you know, quite like saw compensatory tissue injuries is the, I guess the a technical term, but I think the giants do keep him on account. So I was looking at their schedule and being like, is there a by low window? If Saquon really isn't good against like Washington and Denver in the first two weeks. And I was like, Oh, well they have the Falcons, the saints, Cowboys, then they play the Rams. That's kind of tough. They have the, Bucks, and then the fantasy playoffs it's oh. like the Cowboys, but then there's the Eagles, the Bears, the Chargers, mm. the Dolphins. Like, these are all like, there's a lot of complicated defenses. <laughs> like, like yeah. for Daniel Jones, like really complicated defenses. Like, ah, a little concerning. This is How good. is he different than Najee Harris? I think it's just the fact that he's like, the Steelers aren't being like, you know, Najee Harris, is he going to play week one? We're just taking things day by day.
3: <laughs> but you're like, that's you're, fair. But you weren't talking about injury. This whole pitch was about like the offensive line and how he doesn't rush for high totals and and how the passing game is how he'll need to get his usage. Isn't that exactly Najee Harris? That's very fair. I think that Sa- I think
2: Saquon and Najee to me if fully healthy actually profile pretty similarly as three down backs. Hmm. The difference to me is if you're wondering if Najee's going to play the whole season, I mean obviously it's, you know, he could get hurt. Right. The problem is that Saquon's like already Dealing with stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I get all that. Yeah,
4: I'm much more confident. Craig, just to answer your question, I'm much more confident in Najee's volume, like the number of carries he's going to get.
3: I'm also just more confident in the Steelers. Their play calling. Well, the Steelers. Well,
2: that's the other. Okay, people. (laughs) Totally. The most infuriating (laughs) thing when I hear as a Giants fan is the well, you know, Saquon. You know, Jason Garrett. You know, when he was with the Cowboys. You know, Ezekiel Elliott was great. The I got news for you. The Giants don't have the 2016 Cowboys offensive line. (laughs) I I don't want to spoil this for people.
3: I could have called run plays for the 2016 Cowboys. <laughs> like,
2: the idea that well, Saquon's good at catching passes. Go to the right, and, like McCaffrey's. Good. Like <laughs> go, go Lecker, to the left, right. How about left this time? <laughs> right it's up the just, middle. Even Kenny Galladay said this week that the Giants' offense will have a rough start to the season because the players have not been practicing it's, together.
4: Things are grim right now with the with the Giants. It's I just, swear to God.
2: Noah Malala and I were texting about this like yesterday that people who kind of check in on the Giants, don't realize how bad the offense is when Saquon's healthy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I had to get that off my chest.
4: This just reminds me of like when actors are on like a promo tour for their movie and they're already like, well, we had some issues with production. <laughs> yes. Like, just keep this in mind. Like, you know, like there was to pre- a, there was
3: a flood for a week.
4: <laughs> so we had to pause production. You know, like trying to prepare fans for how bad it's going to be. It's exactly what it is. I got one left. This one's pretty, I don't know how hot this is because I think it's actually like a kind of a good uh, fantasy strategy. But Ty Johnson, right now, the cheapest running back for the Jets, I think is going to be the best running back for the Jets this year. So a lot of the hype has been centered around Zach Wilson and for good reason. And like rookie Michael Carter, very exciting. I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. But so far, like if you looked at how, the Jets kind of ran their offense in the preseason. It was, uh, Tevin Coleman was the starter more or less. And Ty Johnson was like the one B and then Michael Carter was the third guy on this list. Obviously I think right now it's either Tevin Coleman or Michael Carter is getting drafted first. But if you go back, like in history, uncertain backfields, a lot of times you're just best off taking the cheapest guy. I think Ty Johnson might actually be the best runner in this offense this year. So, um, and by the way, this is a Shanahan-esque offense, meaning they're going to be balanced. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to have the the ability to like build up their play action, so they're going to want to run a lot of outside zone, all that stuff, get the defense flowing one way, go the other way. Um, I don't know. I just think like if you watch Ty Johnson in the preseason, he looked pretty good. Um, he is the most explosive running back in this offense. Like He ran like a 4-4 coming out of college. I don't know. There's just something to it here. I think the obvious o- answer would be to draft... Michael Carter because he's the guy they drafted and he's exciting but I think Ty Johnson could end up being the best guy in this offense the best the, score the most points in this offense
3: that's like deep, deep cut yeah take purge
2: I, I like it's it not super I hot, actually I think guess. that even though that's not quite as sexy as like Travis Kelsey will fall out I actually think <laughs> that this is one of the more likely ones to happen yeah I think I almost put
4: write. I w- I put I I erased it, but I'll just put it back. Ty Johnson RB two, like nrb N- two.
2: Yeah, I actually think that that's possible. Yeah, the RB two thing freaks me out a little bit more. But him being the best Jets running back, I actually think is super doable.
4: Yeah, Tevin Coleman's going into the season. I think based on what we've heard, as like the quote unquote starter. But like, I just don't see it with him. I think he's old. Um, old.
3: <laughs> he's just too old. He's he's old too old. Guys. Look at him. He's, he's, old. Old. he's old. He's old. He's so old.
2: <laughs> so old. <laughs>
4: I don't know, man. I just yeah. I think they're gonna go with the more explosive younger guy. And it's not gonna be Michael Carter.
2: I have a few more, only one of which I actually need to talk about. What about you, Chris? I have Jeff so many. All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna rip through two. He needs and to get him I, off his chest. Things I need to get off my chest. One, get it out. I think Sony Michelle won't do much in September and the second half of the season will straight up be a top ten running back. Like, remember CJ Anderson? Like yes. Sonny is just better, CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson had 300 rushing yards in like two games. We're top Todd awesome. Gurley. Yeah, like the Rams line isn't as good as it was then, but like it's better. And like Sonny Michel, as he heats up and knows the playbook, I think is going to be great. Um, another one I have to get off my chest. I don't believe this, but I keep wondering if Michael Gallup will lead Dallas in receiving yards. <laughs>
4: that would I be a good, hey, good plot twist. I like but this But the one. one I
2: have to I, those ones are like lesser, but one I actually am thinking a lot about. And this is like real take perch stuff is I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. God damn it. <laughs> And like, <laughs> what was the lesson of the last 20 years? Like, don't count out Brady or the Patriots. Brady leaves. the Pat's too bad. Brady wins the Super Bowl and we're like, "Wow, can't believe we counted out Tom Brady. Bill Belichick, in the only clear sign we have that Bill Belichick has emotions and feelings and the capability of feeling like, "Wow, like, I'm jealous." Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, confirms they basically spent all this money, and they used to laugh at teams that spent in free agency, and now they spend it all. Just, you know, randomly six weeks after Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick is all in. All they have to do is get a wild card. It's all the Patriots have to do. I'm not saying they're like 14-2, and 14-3 and now. They just get a wild card. And you're like, okay, yeah, Mac Jones, wild card. And then they beat the Browns by 20 points in the wild card round, and everyone's like, oh, shit. It's happening. And Belichick just out coaches their way to an AFC title. And then they're in the Super Bowl.
3: Could be like Steelers 06 vibes, you know? Ben's really yes. young. They have a great defense. Uh, they kind of squeeze their way there. Pats are going to have a way better defense this year. I think people are underrating that. Once the pa- if
2: the Patriots are roughly what we think they are, Mac Jones is competent. The offense is better. They're not great offense, but they're running. They've, they have good line, a good defense and they make the playoffs. Is it insane to think that Belichick can coach their way to like three wins in the playoffs?
3: Well, you're essentially just saying, can Belichick do what he already did with Tom Brady? That's kind of what I'm saying.
2: (laughs) Time is a flat circle.
4: Has a a rookie quarterback ever won a Super Bowl? I don't think Uh, so.
2: Ben? Was Ben not a rookie?
4: (sighs) I I don't think so. I think it maybe was his second season. Ben
2: was year two. Russell Wilson was year two, I think. I don't know if we're I'm looking at so.
4: Tom Brady was in year two when he replaced it. A lot he, of year he, two
2: guys. Yeah, Mahomes was in year two as a starter, but even that was like year three as a player. So I don't. I don't. Craig, are you googling
3: know. it? I. You want to know a really hot take coming at you guys? I think the Super Bowl is a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> While we're in the take perch. <laughs>
4: Oh my God.
3: I think the NBA championship sounds professional. I think the Stanley (laughs) Cup sounds really cool. The World Series. Super Bowl sounds stupid and childish.
2: That's hilarious. Do we have any, if we have a couple minutes here left in the take purge, do we have any other takes we want to get out? They don't have to be football related. Do you guys have any other takes you just need to like purge from your system?
3: Uh, Ben was a sophomore. It was his second year. But he is the youngest quarterback to ever win. He was 23.
4: I, I found an article that says no, no rookie quarterback has ever even made the Super Bowl. that that tracks so this is a this is a good take purge
2: uh okay other can i get one more take purge yes the mcdonald's fries don't taste the same since they took out the trans fats (laughs) add back the trans (laughs) it was better fast food was better with the trans
4: did you guys see the the fcc or something i don't even know what what it was is investigating mcdonald's because their mcflurry machines are always broken (laughs) well i don't (laughs) so good
2: but i don't think they're actually broken do they isn't it just, that's just like they take in like an hour and a half to clean.
4: The, the people working there are like, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah, they're like,
2: <laughs> I'm not making you one McFlurry so I can spend another 90 <laughs> minutes cleaning and leave at 1.30 or 2 in the morning instead of midnight. That's that's all it is.
4: It's the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is looking into why McFlurry machines are always broken. Uh, <laughs> this is neither here nor there, completely random. But every time I ever hear any beeping noises... It automatically takes me back to being in McDonald's. Like if you guys can just picture <laughs> yes. being in McDonald's, it's always there's always something beeping in the yeah, in, in the background. Beep, beep. Like just like the McFlurry machine's done, the fryer's done. It's constant beeping. Every time I hear beeping, I'm like, ooh, I want a fucking Big Mac.
2: You just said beeping, and I was thinking of garbage trucks. And it's not good that I associate <laughs> the same sound with McDonald's and garbage. <laughs>
3: That's I love good. the idea of some guy working for the FTC and he's like his job like he comes home to his wife and he's like oh, really diving into this McFlurry thing <laughs> I got news for you just yeah. ask
2: someone who works at McDonald's and they'll tell you like it's never <laughs> broken they just want to go home fuck your like McFlurry. this guy's sitting at
3: his desk he's got like a massive binder and it's all about what's going on with
2: McFlurries. <laughs> Ooh. oh my god is that is that the siren? we're we done? have we emerged? Ugh. wow that's it Whew. We survived another year. We will speak <sighs> about good. none of that ever Remember, again. We will never talk about any of our that.
4: professional reputations. Cannot be uh, part of this take purge. Like can't. I we feel can't twenty be held, pounds lighter. Like, we can't. They can't be held against us.
2: I feel cleansed. Do uh, you guys want to do an email before we bounce? Like, but now we have professional credibility again. Sure. Okay. Sure. okay.
4: Professional credibility yeah. restored. Let's restored do again.
2: it. <laughs> Whew, I feel really good after that purge. Okay. This is from Chris <laughs> from Canada. I'm in a 12-person PPR redraft league. It's like normal. It's like one quarterback, but three receivers instead of two starting. Mm -hmm. It's my third year in the league. I'm a former champ, so thank you for all your advice. I'm drafting sixth overall, and I don't really love the running backs at that spot or the running backs left on the board at 19. Given the extra receiver slot and its PPR, is it bad to just hammer receiver in the first three rounds and find value in the dreaded running back dead zone? Is it really is the dead zone really that bad if my receivers are set? I've been doing mock drafts. I get DeVonte Adams as my top receiver. I get either DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley as my second receiver. I get either Keenan Allen or CeeDee Lamb as my third receiver. Wow. And then Miles Sanders is my is my running back one. Is that so bad? Chris in Canada. What do you think DK?
4: I mean, this is this is awesome number 1. This is the uh zero RB strategy, I guess. Like you could even wait. You don't even have to go in the dead zone. You can just grab like you Ronald know. Jones. <laughs> Rojo, yeah. Well, so we get
2: zero RB. Lo- love, love to Sean Siegel invents a zero RB. Terrible name. It's actually many RBs. It's like you need like seven <laughs> RBs just, just late, later. RB. Zero They're... RB in the first 60 picks is the name of the It should strategy. be called shitty RB. <laughs> yeah, it's shitty RB. That is what it is.
4: Uh, no, the idea here is uh, anti-fragile because running backs as we've seen in the preseason, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, like too frequently it feels like they get hurt and then that, that can really screw up your entire season. Um And so, doing the zero RB or the late round RB or the shitty RB, whatever you want to call it, is an anti-fragile strategy. I like this a lot. I think it's fun. Especially in a three-receiver league, you're going to have an advantage with, like, stud receivers like that. Um, I I might even say just, like, in the middle rounds, like, keep hammering receivers, grab a good tight end, grab, like, Logan Thomas or something, and then just go late round RB and see Mm -hmm. how it goes. But, I mean, obviously... You can all you can also go in the dead zone if you want, but um I don't hate this strategy at all.
3: No, I like it a lot, Chris. Let's do it.
2: I, I also love that. I mean, again, it's like you can get Devonta and you can get Kelsey if you want to be like me and buy Bitcoin at 60k, or like Waller <laughs> or Hitler, <laughs> Hawkinson, one of those guys. Laser eyes. And um but like again, DK hates it. But if you can plug in Damian Harris it's like, you know, you are B two, but you've got all the like other that's guys.
4: that's a that's a good pick there. I'm just um look to take no, I, over. I actually
2: totally endorse that. We've we've had a lot of people asking, like I just don't like the running backs at this spot. Like, yeah, don't feel... Like, take good players. That's Take players you're excited about.
4: Don't take a player that you're like, I don't want to take this player.
2: Don't pl- take a player because you feel like you should because yeah. that's the position you're at. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Devin, for emailing us. Thank you to uh, our forefathers who invented the purge. We really... <laughs> Chris Sims, thank you. <laughs> One of the best adventures from Lauren of all time. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Green Day.
3: Ooh. Oh, man. My friend just went to a Green Day concert. Wow, they're still Billy touring? Joe Armstrong, baby. Oh yeah, they're still kicking. Fun fact: the year after I left, the uh, it was I, the year after I was a freshman in college at San Diego State. Is, his name's Billy Joe Armstrong, right? Yeah. His daughter moved into my dorm room the year after. Oh wow, that's that's, that's kind of. I trippy. don't even
2: want to know if I want to follow up on that. Uh, <laughs> Green Day was like my
4: favorite band in fifth grade or something.
2: Dude, iTunes, my number one, because you could see the most played songs, my number one most played song on iTunes was Holiday by Green Day. Holiday's a great song.
4: I'm a big dookie guy, like the whole album. Yeah. Good album.
2: All right. Peace, everyone. We will be back on Wednesday.